Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. We're going to flip the script a little bit on this podcast. Normally we have a regular podcast, and uh, the next day we have a college hockey podcast. But with some big events going on this weekend, the uh, Dutchman Shoes and the uh, between Union and RPI football teams and the Albany Cup returning, uh, the men's basketball game between uh, UAlbany and Siena, both are, are having press conferences Thursday. So we're going to have a podcast on that uh, later Thursday night. We're going to do college hockey to lead off this week's podcast. And let's start with the um, Union College women. I normally don't do that, but the Dutch women deserve it after what happened uh, last Saturday at Messerink. Coming off a 2-2 tie against Harvard, a game that the Union trailed 2-0 before rallying to get the tie. And yes, they still play ties in college hockey, at least the women do. No shootouts of the game ends tied after uh, five-minute overtime. Old school hockey, if you like, but... uh, well, they played Dartmouth on Saturday, and uh, it was one nothing after two periods. But late in the second period of this game, Carmen Merlo of Union got called for a major penalty for slew footing and was uh, given a game misconduct. This came with 27.5 seconds left in the second period. The uh, major power play for Dartmouth carried into the third period, and Dartmouth scored twice on it. Uh, so the Dartmouth is up 3 nothing with... Um, yeah, 404 into the third period. Uh, Amanda Kwan for Union scored at 523, but Dartmouth got another goal just uh, less than a minute later, so it's 4-1. And now, if you know the history of this Union women's program, the Dutch women have not had much success. They've never made the ECAC hockey playoffs, never had a winning season, and it just it sense the sense was okay. This game's over. It's going to be you know the same old Union women's hockey team. They're not going to come back. It's going to be a another loss, a you know, tough loss against a team they probably should beat because Dartmouth has had trouble scoring this year. Um, the Dartmouth Big Green just picked up a win the night the day before at RPI. So, and they only scored two goals in that game. So, Dartmouth getting four goals in a game was a, a big deal for them. But there's something different about this Union women's team. That uh, and I, I watched the game Saturday um, on ESPN Plus here in the, uh, in the uh, Party Shots podcast studio in the extended office so, uh, at my desk. And uh, they came back. Emily King got to start things going at 8-11 with a power play goal. And then just over four, four and a half minutes later, Emily got another power play goal. It's 4-3. And then Marin Friday, after a nice uh, move by Paige Greco, she skated down the slot, uh, dropped the puck off, and uh, Friday was trailing the play. And she scored with 6.33 left in the third period. That tied the game at four, and the Dutch women were rolling. And the momentum was on their side, and the game headed, headed into overtime. And less than a minute in. This happened. Long pass up right side. Many men on Union. Shot score! Riley Walsh ends it in overtime. Union wins 5-4. That was the call of Matt Dubray and Brian Unger on ESPN Plus as Riley Walsh scored the game-winning goal 53 seconds in to give Union a dramatic 5-4 come-from-behind victory. And it set off a wild celebration on the ice. And just, 
you, you sense something special is happening with this team. And as I said earlier, you know, this program has not had any success ever since going to Division One back in the early 2000s. They never have never made the ECAC tournament. And in a, in a game like this, as I said, they, they would have lost this game last year, the year before, um, yeah, down the road. They, they've never been able to come back and and win a game like that. And I, this gives them a lot of confidence as they uh, progress during the season. I mean, to get a tie against Harvard to come back was a nice uh, tie there on Friday. But uh, to be able to come back from a, a, three, a pair of three-goal deficits, that gets your confidence going. And they have to carry that momentum in. Uh, with non-conference games on uh, Friday and Saturday against RIT at Messerink. Both games will start at 3 o'clock because his men are also home uh, uh, this weekend. And then uh, the Union women will face RPI on next Tuesday at 6 o'clock at Messerink in the first meeting uh, first meeting of three games between the uh, Capital Region rivals. And, and that's a game that I think Union, Union's got to worry about you know, playing well against RIT to keep that momentum going. They can't afford to be looking ahead to the RPI game. Uh, of course, the RPI game, there'll be uh, unions last for a little bit because they'll be uh, getting ready for first trimester exams. That's kind of tough to play a game right before the start of uh, exams, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Tuesday media availability, uh, and um, Josh Skiba was not around. We'll explain that in just a little bit. Uh, Olivia Soares, the assistant coach, uh, participated. And the players that were there were Emily King, uh, goaltender Sophie Matsukas and the goal scorer with the game winner, Riley Walsh. Emily, let's start with you. <laughs> this team's down four to one, three nothing and four to one on Saturday. Past years, no way this team comes back. What was about this team that is different this year that you guys came back and won that game in overtime? Um, I think Overall, we were kind of getting angry, and we wanted to just fuel, like use that fuel to really start playing. Like our first two periods, we definitely didn't play our normal game plan, and we seemed a little out of it and less hype in the locker room and things like that. And then when Carmen got thrown out, we got mad at that, and then all of a sudden they scored two goals, and we were like, we just didn't want to lose. So I think we just... Something clicked. We needed that first goal, and then from there, we just didn't give up, and I think that that really speaks to what our team culture is like this year. Yeah, the two power play goals that you scored make it 4-3, and then the, 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 you know, Friday ties it up 4-4. Uh, Did you feel that you had the momentum at that point? Um, I would say yes, even though we were down. I think that because we just started scoring goals back to back to back, and our bench all of a sudden became really hyped up, and I think that uh, it just all, like, everything translated well, and we ended up just, you know, not even really looking at the time or the score. We just wanted to get back out there and just put as many pecks in the net as we could. Sophie, for you, how frustrated were you with the way that game was going? I know you were mentioning before we started talking here. uh, I mean, how ticked off were you? And and then seeing how this team came back, and I I know you've only been here a year, but... To see this happen, what does it mean for this team to be able to do it? Of course, you, you guys came back against Harvard Friday night, but I mean, what happened Saturday, I think, is unprecedented for this program. I think it was definitely frustrating to see, like, being in the moment. Like, we were only down one goal, and then the power play goals, like, down three nothing, and then we came back and we got one, and then they got another one really quick, and I, I didn't know what was going to happen, and then seeing that we came back and scored was just 
it was amazing to see. And it's just like, like you said, like in the past, like we never came back and we would always just be so down on each other and be so down on ourselves and just like never be able to come back. So like seeing that we have a new team and the games that we've played, we have seen that we have a new team and showing that like we can come back from a two nothing, like being down two nothing and being down three nothing, four to one, like it's possible. And like the fact that we did it just showcases that like we have a stronger team. We have a team that wants to win. We have a team that will put in the work to win no matter what the score is, no matter how much time is left on the board, no matter what's going on, like we can come back. Probably for you, I mean, you obviously your first year, so you really probably don't know the past history. How important is it for a player like you who's you know in here and seeing this culture change? Uh, what does it mean to you to see this happen and be a part of this? I mean, just being a part of it. You can be down. I mean, we were down what three goals or yeah, three goals, and just like build each other up and like never give up and just like keep working together and you know just like Kinger said just like getting that like we just get angry and just like you know that like we want to put bucks in that and we just needed to find some momentum and like motivate each other and then once one thing happened like we just be like started to click and you know just having that culture like on and off the ice is very important because if we don't have it off the ice we won't generate on the ice and I think just like motivating each other in the locker room before like going back on the ice for that third period and like keeping the momentum up on the uh, the bench and just being loud it's just like makes us all want to like do better and like be better did you sense as you went into overtime or even as as the third period wound down that you guys had Dartmouth on the ropes and it was you know it was just a matter of time before you took advantage of that definitely um I could say right as we came back and we tied it into overtime I knew we were going to win because of the momentum that we had generated was just more than Dartmouth's because like our bench was like just began so loud. We were so motivated. We were into it right away. Like we just had like the some quick click, and it just like generated in into overtime and just that energy. It looked like you caught them on a bad line change there on that goal. Yeah. I mean, they were saying on the TV, the broadcast were saying maybe they had too many players on the ice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was going to be called or not. But um, what did you see as you started down the ice? You know, I just saw myself versus the goalie, and I, I was really just saying, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. And, I mean, just, like, all, like, the energy that was just, like, generated, I just, like, felt, me, personally, I just wanted to win. Like, I just, like, yeah, I don't know. I just I just saw me and the goalie and just, yeah, you I, were don't sort of, you sort of, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you sort of, you know, we think backhand, went forehand, and then put it yeah. in, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw the whole other side of the net open, but I knew if I tried to shoot it, it wouldn't have been as better as just pulling the same move and make kind of all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia, for you, I mean, your first year here as well, what was it like on the bench down three and then when you guys ended up tying it? Was there, was there a sense of panic when it was down three and, and how excited was the bench when things turned around? I think a lot of credit to them. Uh, they found a way to turn it on and I think they flipped that switch. Uh, bigger question for them as to what it was, uh, but it was fun to watch. I think you could tell the bench energies in the rink just flip-flopped, and we were the ones that were standing up and, and cheering, and I think their bench felt a little bit of that frustration that we felt in the first couple periods, uh, but a lot of credit to them. Uh, they found a way to pull it together. What does it say about this team that 
they've done something that really past programs here have not been able to do. Uh, a lot to the culture. I think their bond and how they are off the ice and on the ice attest to that. And then I think to that drive to just build a program and we talk about building and leaving a legacy and all those things. I think you start to see that here and then it's going to continue down the path. So you have first year players who, who don't know what it's like to maybe how Union was before and I think that's a great thing. Uh, we're starting on a clean slate and I think that's shown now. Emily, um, obviously you got two non-conference games this weekend against RIT before you face face RPI uh, next Tuesday. I mean, how important is it to not overlook these games coming up this weekend uh, and then keep that momentum going with what you built uh, this past weekend? Um, I think that, you know, no matter who we play, we should approach every game the same. Like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if it's in or out of league. I think that a game's a game where, you know, just happy to be playing. Um, and I think that I mean, especially RIT. I know that we had fun playing them last year, but I think it'll, I think it'll be a fun weekend, especially with the like pink the rink and we play at three and the men's play after. So I think it'll just be a really fun atmosphere the whole weekend. Yeah, the veterans special too on Veterans Day. Uh, Sophie, for you, your thoughts about that? I think that many teams like underestimate RIT just because they've been at the bottom as well, and we can't do that. I feel like we need to use that those two games to build and get better and get that confidence that we need for when we go play RPI because that's going to be a crazy rival game, I think. So building confidence in the weekend to bring that into the RPI game will be really important. Yeah, because you have exams right after RPI. Yeah. So it's, and uh, for you? I would say I haven't played RIT or RPI yet, but I would say every game is as important as any other game. Olivia, for you, um, Saturday was an historic day here, um, two black coaches uh, together. What was that like to be a part of that? Uh, an awesome moment, I think, for the game of hockey, just to continue to grow. I think Nina said it really well. Uh, we get to do what we love and then continue to use our platform to grow the game. So whether it's players that look like us, that see us and know that there's a space for them, or maybe it's players who don't look like us, just to make it a, a welcoming game and how fantastic it is and fun it is, you want everyone to enjoy that. So it was definitely awesome. Well, as I mentioned earlier, Union Women's Head Coach Josh Skiba was not at uh, media availability on Tuesday. That's because he is uh, in Seattle with the uh, USA Women's Hockey Team. He's an assistant coach with that team as they're getting set to face Canada in their rivalry series, which gets underway next Tuesday. And they'll play another game November 17th, and they'll also play November 20th and December 15th. Uh, I got a chance to talk to Josh a little bit about that toward the end of our conversation. And then we started out with talking about how big this victory was against uh, Dartmouth uh, last Saturday. Josh, let's go back to the uh, game on Saturday against Dartmouth. You know, you're down 3 nothing, down 4-1. I mean, years past, maybe this program doesn't come back and, and win the game the way you, uh, the team did on Saturday. What does it say about your team that, they came back the way they did and were able to pull off the win. Well, I think it says a lot about the the character and the heart in, in the group. And I think you can feel that on a day-to-day basis. I think, you know, just from our, the compete level that's, that uh, this group has and, and just the character and the type of human beings that we have in, in their locker room, I think it says a lot about them. But um, yeah, you, you can just feel that, you know, no matter what the, the test ahead of them, you know, they, they want to compete. They want to find a, find a way to, 
to get things done. And I think it's something that we continue to, to talk about as a group. But um, yeah, it really comes from the players. I mean, that hunger, that passion, that that battle to to put themselves back in a position where they can compete in that game um, is something that I think is, is unique and special to this team for sure. Emily King mentioned um, during uh, Tuesday's media availability that they were ticked. The guy, you guys were ticked off. You know, they, you, know you lose. You have a slew footing penalty there at the end of the second. You know, they have Dartmouth ends up scoring two power play goals on the major. Uh, and it seemed like, uh, as I said, Emily said they, you guys were ticked. Uh, what was the what was it like on the bench uh, at that point? Well, I, I don't think the bench necessarily changed. I think there was probably a little bit of frustration that, you know, maybe some some of the things that we wanted to do, we, we just weren't doing at that point. And certainly the penalty, I think, put it over the top in terms of, um, you know, maybe some emotional uh, stuff that, that we wanted to get over. But I don't think the bench was ever defeated in any way. I think it was, hey, let, let's chip away at this. Let's continue to find a way um, and, and let this, you know, frustration or, or anger at whatever happened fuel us in terms of how we want to play uh, moving forward. What does that say to you that they they come back and win this game the way they did? I mean, they, they, they basically took over that game after they were down 4-1. to uh, What does it say about this team that, they can do this. So, yeah, how much and how much confidence does that uh, give you guys? Well, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of different ways. I mean, certainly we, we, we weren't playing the way we wanted to going into to that you know three and three nothing or four one uh, you know situation. But I think you know special teams was huge. Our power play came up really big and, and you know obviously executed when we needed the most. Um, you know, Kinger scoring a couple goals for us as our senior captain and leader. Um, you know, making making plays there was was big. Um, but I think just yeah, they're they're stick with it. You know, mentality. I think just trying to continue to chip away. You get one and. And it, you know, opens the gates for, for more. And I think, you know, once we got that first goal, you could feel a shift a little bit and saying, okay, we got this, we can do it. But, yeah, it was massive for, for the confidence. I think a real galvanizing win for, for our group. And, um, you know, I've been on, on both sides of that in terms of, you know, the win or loss side of it. And I think um, just such a rallying moment for, for our group. How do you take that momentum into this weekend? And it's non-conference against RIT, followed by uh... – next Tuesday against RPI. I mean, how important is it for the guys to keep that momentum going and not, you know, let it slip away? Yeah, it's just, I think it's, it's reset, right? I think we, you know, we practiced uh, yesterday, you know, and I think um, just hit reset, you know, we got to continue to get better. I mean, there's certainly things from the weekend, um, especially against Dartmouth of, of things that we want to do better. We want to manage the puck better. We want to make better decisions. I think there's areas where we can, uh, make plays earlier in that game where we don't put ourselves in situations to be down three nothing or four one. So it's it's right back to work. It's it's hitting reset and trying to get better and um, putting ourselves in a position where you know we're not going to take any opponent for granted and uh, continue just to earn everything that that we have. I think when we have that type of mindset, um, our team is is better. You know, and I think something that we talked about after the game on Saturday is just. What, what do we want to be okay with? You know, we, we played Friday against Harvard, and I felt like it was a pretty good game. You know, we were pretty consistent. We, we, we managed the game fairly well. We come back, obviously, there. But we played much more of our style of hockey. And on Saturday, I thought we got away from that. If you look at kind of a lot of the weekends, you, know, you go back to Providence or BU, um, you know, just, just the consistencies and inconsistencies with our game. I think, 
you know, trying to figure out how we can build a model of consistency where we're playing the same way both nights. And, um, I think that's for us, you know, our focus at practice is just what are we okay with? Are we okay with inconsistent results and inconsistent play or, or do we want to build on, on that model? So I think that's kind of our focus for, for each day here. So I understand you're going to be missing these games uh, next you know, next few games. Uh, you're good for the uh, USA-Canada rivalry series? Yeah, I'm, here. I'm actually here in Seattle right now, so I'll be with uh, the national team here for the next two weeks. Um, yeah, just training, and we've got three games, two in, in uh, BC and then one back here in Seattle. So um, I think it's uh, – I know that the crowd here in Seattle is going to be pretty large from, from what I gather, so um, I'm sure it'll be just like that in Canada. So, yeah, it'll be, it's, it's awesome. It's definitely fun, and, you know, I get to work with these athletes, and it helps me be a better coach for our athletes when I come back to them. We'll talk Union men's hockey as the Dutchmen have finally named their captains. And Dutchmen get set for uh, their weekend games against Dartmouth and Harvard before taking a three-week break. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. It's been a trying year for parents. They've been confronted with countless challenges and have always risen to the occasion. If it isn't too much to ask... The 370,000 high school student athletes in New York have one last request. Please set an example. Disorderly fan conduct at high school athletic events is on the rise. It increasingly involves parents. There's no question that parents are passionate. There's no question they care about their children. But at a time when we're all wound a little more tightly than usual, It's worth remembering this about New York high school sports. Always be a good example. Stop unruly fan behavior before it starts. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Daily Gazette Deputy Director of Content Adam Schinder. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast as we continue our look at Union College Hockey. Let's move over to the men's side as the Dutchman gets set for uh, games against Dartmouth on Friday and uh, 13th-ranked Harvard on Saturday at Messering. Union's final games before their three-week break. Uh, they have uh, first trimester exams uh, next week, and then they don't play again until December 3rd when uh, Northeastern comes to town and they'll face their former uh, teammate, Connor Murphy. Well, speaking of Connor Murphy, he was one of the three captains named uh, – uh, last week, uh, last Thursday, in fact, uh, shortly after I had uh, posted my uh, podcast, uh, Murphy, a senior from Hudson Falls, was, what, like I said, one of the three captains. The others were senior forward Owen Ferris and junior forward Ben Tupker. And I was mildly surprised at Tupker because um, you know, Tupker is a uh, transfer from Cornell. He entered the uh, transfer portal in the offseason and uh, uh, he, he committed to Union shortly after head coach Josh Halge was hired, and usually first-year players uh, try to, you know, you know, feel their way through things, and, you know, they have to get used to a new system here and new teammates, and usually, it, you know, maybe they shy away from trying to be a leader right away, but uh, Tupper has apparently made an impact in that uh, locker room, and that's why we, you know, he was elected one of the captains, and uh, as, as I said, mildly surprised, because uh, the, the RPI games a couple weeks ago, it was Tupker 
who went to the officials to talk with them prior to the game and the meeting with the, of the captains. And, of course, at that time, nobody was wearing the C for Union. So when Tupper, like I said, when Tupper was announced, I, I said, mildly surprised, but not totally shocked by that. Uh, it's, a good, I think, a pretty good leadership group. You have a, a player, Owen Ferris, who's been there all four years and missed his sophomore year, as everybody did on the 2020-21 season because of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, Murphy's been here two years, but he, I mean, he has established himself as one of the top goaltenders in ECAC hockey. And I think, yeah, Tupker does bring that leadership role to the Dutchman, and uh, he's you know, been a pretty good player so far uh, this season. So they were uh, at Tuesday's media availability day, as was sophomore defenseman Cullen Ferguson, who uh, scored his first career goal uh, last Saturday in a 4-2 loss against St. Lawrence. Uh, the goal was kind of a, a funny goal because Ferguson drilled it through the net. It, it took a video review to uh, p- confirm that the puck did go through the netting, and uh, yeah, Ferguson talked about that at, at the media availability on Tuesday. All right, uh, Owen, Ben, and uh, Connor, you guys are the captains. Be, what does it mean to you to be having the C on your jersey? We'll start with Connor. Yeah, it's an honor. Obviously, you know, you uh, – you look at some of the players that have been captains here, and um, it's big shoes to fill. And obviously, it's a little bit of a different situation with three C's and, and uh, instead of just one. But I think it works for our team and for our leadership group in general. I think it's uh, I think it's just a good um, good assortment of all three of us being leaders, and I think it's going to be a good fit for us. Ben. Yeah, I think like Connor said, I think it is a it's a huge honor and a privilege just with the history of the program and the guys that have come through this uh, this school and this hockey program. Um, uh, it's you know an honor to to wear the letter with Connor and, and Owen, knowing what they've done for this place before I got here. So um, it's definitely not something that any of us are going to take lightly, and, and we're going to do what we can to to propel the the program forward and and lead this team. So yeah, Owen. Yeah, no, it's definitely a huge honor. Like you want to be, you're you're glad to be felt that recognized as a leader by both the coaching staff and, and your fellow players. It's a huge honor in that respect as well as I think each of us brings something a little different to the table in terms of leadership. And I think in the first you know short time we've had together since being named captains, uh, we've, we've done some good things and come together. And I think that's uh, going to bode well for the rest of the season. Take me through the whole process because you, I mean, it, it took a while for this to happen, you know, almost a month into the season before the captains were named. Was it a player's votes? Was it a coach's votes? I mean, what was the like going just to go through this whole process and, yeah. and how everything was decided? Definitely there was input from, from all sides. Um, coaches have their opinions and they're, they're monitoring you know, who they see as, as good leaders and role models and players as well. You're the ones that are either leading or, or being, um, you know, looking up to people. So obviously they have to have their input. Both sides were considered and honestly, it, yeah, it took a little longer than maybe we were the last team to name them. But um, I think that was done well and was done right and how G coming in here into a new program being a new head coach made sure he took the time to get to know everyone um, and I think at the end he made the right decision. Ben for you you're just you're in the first year here uh, so it's unusual for a first year player to be wearing a seat. How honored do you feel and what was it like when you were named what, what was your reaction when you were going to be one of the captains? Yeah I mean absolutely I think that anytime you come into a program that you know, it's full of a lot of a lot of great guys and a lot of special personalities, and you are recognized as a leader. It is a huge honor and a privilege, and um, you know, I wouldn't have the ability to, to be a leader in this program if it wasn't for the rest of the guys being so open and welcoming. 
Um, so kind of day one, I was able to be myself and, and felt like I was part of the team right away. So um, a lot of that is owed to the culture that was here before and the guys who have been here um, for years already. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier to be here and be a part of it. And to, to wear a letter is, is super special. Was it tough to fit in because you, you're, you face some of these guys, obviously, at, at Cornell, but uh, not knowing them as maybe now – to get to get to know these guys and to get their trust, I mean, was that a difficult process? Uh, I think it was just something that, like I didn't want to overthink. I think just coming in and, and being myself and not trying to change who I was just because um, I was new to the program. I think that was important, and I think that that guys understand that I, I want to help you know win and do something special here, and I think that we can. So I think just coming in and, and trying to stick to what I'm good at and and be a leader in the dressing room and whatever way I can um, was recognized but obviously with the guys that we have in the room it could have gone to a lot of other guys as well so um, it's not like just the three of us here are the only leaders on the team there are a lot of returning guys who could have easily worn those letters so um, it's going to be a collaborative effort for the rest of the year. Connor, I mean, what does Ben bring to the program? He's a professional every day it's pretty much plain and simple I mean he shows up to the rink you know earlier than most people do and you always see him preparing and for practice, games, whatever it is. And that's the one thing that stands out to me and I think a lot of other guys as well when they see his leadership role. It's a lot of, you know, lead by example. And he's done a very good job of, of showing what he can do on the ice and how he can be an asset to our team. And by doing those things like the preparation and the, the attention to detail, um, it's it's been a really it's been it showed a lot so it's it's been uh, really good. So oh, and how quickly has Ben fit into the, with, the, with with the teammates being the first year? Right away, I think when we had you know, 13 new guys come into this team, I think from day one, all the returning guys really made an effort to help include everyone and, and make sure that we gelled well immediately. <laughs> and I think Ben definitely did that immediately and, and sort of gained respect from people. And slowly built that over time. I think he was extremely good and and coming in, getting to know people, and slowly um, sort of building his role as a leader. Um, and you know, I appreciated that and all the help that he's done to this program already. And with the three of us and uh, the rest of the leadership group, we're going to continue to do. Colin, what what does it mean to have these three wearing the seat? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just go down the list. Like, I think like with Ferris, um, like. He's the kind of guy you can talk to off the ice about anything. Um, me and him especially, I think I had like a good relationship right away, and I think like a lot of the guys can attest to that. Um, the guy works hard and competes every day, and like those are just big leadership qualities. Um, with Tops, Murph said it perfectly. He's professional. I'd say he's like well polished. He, uh, like you said, like yeah, he shows up to the rink early. He competes every day in practice. He shows up in big games. Uh, he. He's by example. I think guys listen to him when he does speak. Um, and uh, I think one of the biggest things is, too, he cares so much about uh, the game and hockey and moving forward, and, like, that's the culture that we're trying to build here. Um, same with Murph. Like, he's a stud. Clarkson, like, just that game alone shows um, why he's a leader. Like, the saves he was making that game, unbelievable. He held us in so many games last year. Same same deal with him. Uh Murph's kind of guy. He's not going to talk a lot, but when he does, everyone's listening. Um, I think so. And when he does say something, um, guys are going to guys are going to want to listen to him, and they're going to want to go out and act on it. So I think like 
this was the best way they could have done it. I, I like how they took their time, and I like how they did it the right way. Let's look ahead to this weekend with uh, Dartmouth and Harvard coming in. You guys, you know, split last weekend up in North Country, but you guys spent too much time in the penalty box. What do you have to do to clean that up as you get ready for this weekend? Yeah, I think that's something that we immediately noticed, obviously. Take way too many penalties on a weekend. You put yourself in a bad spot, and it, it bit us on Saturday night against SLU. I think coming up against a Harvard team that's typically very skilled, strong in the power play, that's going to be emphasis and something that we can't let slip and uh, you know could could be tough if we get in trouble there. So being disciplined, playing by playing with five, we beat them here at home last year. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that we can do that again. Um, and Dartmouth, obviously, on Saturday night, it's another team. I haven't played a ton of games. We haven't gotten a lot to, to see off of them, but based on where they were, um, you know, our games against them last year, you know it's going to be a close, tight game, and um, they always bring something to the table, so uh, our eyes are ahead. Good. Yeah, I think Owen said it well. I think that, you know, there's a bit of a sour taste in our mouth in terms of leaving points on the table against St. Lawrence on Saturday, so I think we understand the importance of, of every single league game going forward because it's going to be a tight race in our conference for the rest of the year, so um, yeah, it's two good teams. Obviously, Harvard's skilled, but Dartmouth is, is doing well this year as well. So um, I think it's just being prepared for this weekend, knowing we have two weeks to rest after this and making sure that we, we stick to our game plan and the coaches are going to have us ready. So just making sure that we, you know, stop leaving points on the table. Connor, how important is it to go into the exam break uh, feeling good about yourselves? It's huge. I think it's probably the most pivotal point of the season, honestly. I think once the breaks start, you know, it's kind of a chance to get away from the game a little bit. And, you know, nobody wants to go home or, you know, get away from the game with a sour taste in their mouth. Um, they, you know, we all want to, we all want to be successful here this weekend and, um, and leading into the break. And I think doing that is going to translate better when we come back from break as well. So. Colin, for you, you finally scored your first career goal. <laughs> you were so hard and went through the net. Uh, what did you think uh, as that whole thing developed? Because it, it, they didn't really know it was a goal right away. Yeah, no, I had no clue, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, the game was over, and uh, Nick C came up to me when I found, when he found out we were going to challenge it, and he was like, yeah, congrats on your first goal. Went right through the net. Um, and, uh, yeah, right there, I was like, floodgates are open. Be ready for next weekend. I'm gonna be shooting the puck as much as I can. This should be a regular occurrence. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was a great feeling for sure. And uh, yeah, I think I was starting to uh, reach a record there with most games played, no goals. But yeah, definitely helps getting one finally. What you guys? I mean, I know where yeah, you lost that game. But what you guys think afterwards when you saw if you saw it on the video and uh, did you have to laugh a little bit this way? It was. It was just surprising. I've just never seen that before, honestly. Yeah. So <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting to see. But um, yeah, I mean, we still had some time left on the clock too after that goal, when we thought it was over. But um, you know, it gave us a little bit of a chance, I guess. You know, still down by a couple, but you know, it's still every goal is important. So it was a bit of a chance. A big uh, congratulations to former Union defenseman Nick DeSimone. Uh, Nick made his NHL debut on Monday when the Calgary Flames visited the New York Islanders. Some injuries necessitated his call-up from the AHL's Calgary Wranglers, uh, where he's been part of the uh, Calgary uh, system now for his second season after spending most of his pro career in the San Jose organization with the Sharks and a brief spot at um, Rochester, but uh, never got to play in an NHL game with the Sharks and uh, 
He got to do it on Monday against the Flames, and so congratulations to Nick for uh, making it to the NHL. Also, congratulations to Union Women's Hockey forward Riley uh, Walsh. She was named uh, Rookie of the Week in the ECAC Hockey for the second time this season. Looking at the schedule, we mentioned uh, Harvard will be at Union on Saturday. The Crimson will be at RPI on Friday. And then Dartmouth will go to Troy to take on the Engineers on Saturday. Other games starting uh, Friday, Quinnipiac is at Brown. Clarkson will host Colgate. Cornell visits St. Lawrence. And Yale entertains Princeton. On Saturday, Princeton goes to Brown. St. Lawrence will host Colgate. Cornell is at Clarkson. And in round one of the New Haven uh, rivalry, it's uh, Quinnipiac at Yale. And on Tuesday, Harvard will visit New Hampshire for a non-conference game. If you want to participate in the ECAC Hockey Faceoff selections, you can do so by uh, emailing your picks to me at SHOT. That's S-C-H-O-T-T at DailyGazette.com. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. I post my picks either Wednesday or Thursday, and then you can send your picks in. Uh, I'm still leading this race. I don't know how. I've never won it before. I'm not sure if I'm going to win it. I did win the uh, our auto racing contest. Again, not a NASCAR expert, but somehow I <laughs> won that. So, But we'll see what happens as we progress throughout the season. So we have a lot of fun with it, and I hope you get a chance to participate. Also, the email address of uh, shot at dailygazette.com is where you can uh, ask any kind of college hockey questions, uh, union hockey, RPI hockey, uh, national college hockey in general. And uh, if you have any comments about the podcast, I would appreciate your uh, correspondence. Uh, we'll have another podcast, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the, uh, on Thursday. We'll preview the uh, uh, Dutchman Shoes football game on Saturday between RPI and Union. Also preview the Albany Cup men's basketball game that returns as uh, Siena and Albany will play at the MVP Arena on Saturday night. So it's going to be a busy uh, weekend in uh, Capital Region Sports, uh, including the uh, five Section 2 uh, high school Super Bowls uh, will take place. Adam Schinder, my Gazette colleague, will also join me to talk about that, and we'll make our picks for those uh, five championship games. And, of course, uh, you want to follow me on Twitter? I'm at Slapshots. Uh, you can catch my coverage of uh, Union Hockey this weekend. Uh, with the games at Dartmouth and with Dartmouth and Harvard, and I'll have post game comments or podcast as well, commenting on the games and getting reaction from the players and coaches. So I hope you get a chance to listen. And of course, I appreciate you following me on Twitter uh, for my uh, college hockey coverage. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey. A big uh, congratulations to former Union defenseman Nick DeSimone. Uh, Nick made his NHL debut on Monday when the Calgary Flames visited the New York Islanders. Some injuries necessitated his call-up from the AHL's Calgary Wranglers, uh, where he's been part of the uh, Calgary uh, system now for his second season after spending most of his pro career in the San Jose organization with the Sharks and a brief spot at um, Rochester, but uh, never got to play in an NHL game with the Sharks. And uh, he got to do it on Monday against the Flames. And so congratulations to Nick for uh, making it to the NHL. Also congratulations to Union women's hockey forward Riley uh, Walsh. She was named uh, Rookie of the Week in the ECAC hockey for the second time this season. Looking at the schedule, we mentioned uh, Harvard will be at Union on Saturday. The Crimson will be at RPI on Friday. And then Dartmouth will go to Troy to take on the Engineers on Saturday. 
Other games, starting uh, Friday, Quinnipiac is at Brown. Clarkson will host Colgate. Cornell visits St. Lawrence. And Yale entertains Princeton. On Saturday, Princeton goes to Brown. St. Lawrence will host Colgate. Cornell is at Clarkson. And in round one of the New Haven uh, rivalry, it's uh, Quinnipiac at Yale. And on Tuesday, Harvard will visit New Hampshire for a non-conference game. If you want to participate in the ECAC Hockey Faceoff selections, you can do so by uh, emailing your picks to me at SHOT. That's S-C-H-O-T-T at DailyGazette.com. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. I post my picks either Wednesday or Thursday, and then you can send your picks in. Uh, I'm still leading this race. I don't know how. I've never won it before. I'm not sure if I'm going to win it. I did win the uh, our auto racing contest. Again, not an NASCAR expert, but somehow I <laughs> won that. So, But we'll see what happens as we progress throughout the season. So we have a lot of fun with it, and I hope you get a chance to participate. Also, the email address of uh, shot at dailygazette.com is where you can uh, ask any kind of college hockey questions, uh, union hockey, RPI hockey, uh, national college hockey in general. And uh, if you have any comments about the podcast, I would appreciate your uh, correspondence. Uh, we'll have another podcast, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the, uh, on Thursday. We'll preview the uh, uh, Dutchman Shoes football game on Saturday between RPI and Union. Also preview the Albany Cup men's basketball game that returns as uh, Siena and Albany will play at the MVP Arena on Saturday night. So it's going to be a busy uh, weekend in uh, Capital Region Sports, including the uh, five Section 2 uh, high school Super Bowls uh, will take place. Adam Schinder, my Gazette colleague, will also join me to talk about that, and we'll make our picks for those uh, five championship games. And, of course, uh, you want to follow me on Twitter? I'm at Slapshots. Uh, you can catch my coverage of uh, Union Hockey this weekend. Uh, with the games at Dartmouth and with Dartmouth and Harvard, and I'll have post-game comments or podcast as well, uh, commenting on the games and getting reaction from the players and coaches. So I hope you get a chance to listen. And of course, I appreciate you following me on Twitter uh, for my uh, college hockey coverage. The views expressed in the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Party Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Shot. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.